This is Lionel's segment um, discussing about his wrongful arrest from the Newcastle Police Department here in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Um, this was dated back in 2015. If you want to talk about your what happened and what did they do to you and how you felt about it. Hello. I was wrongfully arrested in 2015 at my house. Uh, I was kicking out a person and I hope it would rain uh, just using me constantly. Uh, it was at night around nine and I kicked the person out. I'm not gonna give out no name. And uh, at this time, there was no cops. About 15, 20 minutes later, after kicking the person out, I shut my doors and went next door. I look out the window, there's about three to four police cars around my house. I step outside to speak and see what was going on. And they just came up told me to put my hands above my head and don't move. They handcuffed me and they let the person go to my house, grab stuff out that they never paid for and left. They put me in the back of the police car and they never read my Miranda rights and they took me straight to the police station. Beforehand, before I even left, before they even put me in the police car, I explained to them that I was on more medication for anger, bipolar, depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and ADD. I never bothered, I never asked why I was going to jail or anything. They took me in, they took my photo, fingerprints, and all at the police station. From the police station, they took me to the Lawrence County Jail. Still not read my Miranda rights. I get in Lawrence County Jail, and I was up, still upset for the simple fact I'd never been in jail in my life. And uh, I blacked out. I punched a towel dispenser. I, they had not turned back and swing at them at all, but before I, before they grabbed me, I did apologize about punching a towel dispenser. The guy had, uh, the officer, he at the time was 25 years old. He grabbed, he threw me against the wall, had his forearm across my throat, and he held it there for a good while. He threw me across the room, I landed on the floor, never moved. Five more officers came in, and they all jumped me. I still never fought back. They... Who was um, the name of the officers, if you remember any? I know the main one that I was tased by was Officer Colt. There was a couple ball head ones. I still got I still got the paper somewhere. Wow, they tased you. Where did they tase you at? Right in the middle of my spine. 
and I explained to them way beforehand that I already had plates and everything in my ankles. And they punched me in my face 18 to 21 times. Another officer had his foot on my head. Where I couldn't move my head to stop being hit in my face. Another officer was punching me in my jaw. And uh, another officer punched me, it was punching me in my nose. The remark they gave my neighbor was that I had a strong jaw. After that, they put me into a chair and strapped me in with handcuffs as well. From there, they put me in the back of a police car with Officer Colt, and they took me, he had me at the hospital. They asked what happened, they didn't let me speak. They told them I was a piece of shit, and that I was, and I was sitting there fighting with them, and resisted arrest. I never resisted arrest, I never fought them. I never even sat there and talked best to them. He, uh, on the way to the hospital, he said I was, uh, uh, it was hard for good people out there because of dirty niggas like me, excuse my language. And at the same time, it, when they took me back to the police station, there was a guy with a great beard and a big guy was like, yeah, you won't do that again, will you? They put me in a turtle suit and in a cell. After that, I was never given my, I was never given no bail, no medication for any of my problems, no nothing for a week straight. I didn't see the judge until uh, most of my swelling went down. And from there, I didn't get a bail until the following week when everything else the rest of the swelling was down from there they they made threats of if I was press charges they would have put something on me to where I wouldn't get out and I never really got a good lawyer I got a defense attorney from there they gave me a fine note over $530 just for the Tyler Spencer. Regards of that, I wound up in the hospital twice. In the hospital? For what? Anxiety, anxiety depression, as well as bipolar, the fear for being out there. And then out there, just spending two weeks in jail was too much and it just felt as if I just wasn't ready to be out in the world with the rest of the people. Go ahead. So, do you suffer anxiety ever since you've been in the jail? Yes, I have. I've suffered anxiety. I barely like to leave anywhere. I don't feel safe. I have nightmares. I've fought in my sleep since then. Um, I, I sit here and I, I just don't have no justice out here. And it's, it's like a race game in Newcastle. And not one, not one time have I got.
Okay, so you talked about that they tased you in your back. Um, do you have any physical damage from how they treated you in there from today? Yeah, still today. Uh, I still, I still have to live with the pain. I still have to live with the simple fact that I have to deal with racism. Um, even now, you still get these smart remarks. Still sit there, and, and when you try to talk, if you talk to them or make a report, they won't help. Um, I sit here, my uh, my eyes still messed up. I get blurry at night. Um, I still have sinus problems. Um, since being uh, tased and beaten up, I have made back problems. Still have to go see doctors about um, that. I got. I've got it now. It's to the point I'm not able to constantly be out up and down constantly I have one minute I'm sitting then the pain gets to me I gotta stand for a little while then once it comes back to me I gotta sit down again I, I just don't know the, diff the difference of good cops and bad cops anymore because nowadays it, it, it's not even about that it's about race Do you have any flashbacks from today, from what happened when they was kicking you, punching you, calling you names? Yes, I do. Even when I sit here and drive on the road to go anywhere, I'm constantly looking back. I always got to worry if they pull me over, if they're going to be smart. And if I have to say anything or get my words out, I can't speak to them because something could or may happen. Um, so they did not give you any medication in the jail for about a week. Right. I have uh, had to wait for them, for them to be right to give me my prescription. Okay, um, so you haven't been taking, they didn't give you any medication for about a week. Um, do you currently seek counseling because of that? Yes, I've been going to human services since then. They always, you know, the main question, they always ask if you're homicidal or suicidal. At this point, I couldn't tell you, not, neither one of them. I don't, I'm not a suicidal person. But at the same time, with everything going on, they 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 make it to a, to a certain extent. I've always I've always been to myself. I don't bother nobody and try to do what's right. Like I said, I never really had a record till then, and I always try to stay clean. I never done drugs in my life. And every now and again, I would visit family. So do you feel that they stereotyped you because you're a black male living in Newcastle in a white community? Yes, I've seen it a lot. Back in 2003, it was the same thing when I found out about these places. 
uh, they will follow you. Especially if you're black into this town and you're new, they don't know you. They follow you and watch what you do. They and they stereotype you and make you seem like you're a bad person. And not every black person is a criminal. Not every white person is a criminal. But we get stereotyped all dependent on that race. And I'm not being racist, but it's honestly that really we don't get no slack. Not at all. We work hard. We do what we can. We ain't all drug dealers and gangbangers. We ain't sitting here. Most, Some of us do go to church. Some of us do sit here and provide for our children. And we do what, the best we can. But at the same time, I don't sit here and I don't fight with cops. I don't sit here and I don't back talk them. But they sit here and they stereotype me. And they brutalize me in that jail. Stitches, eyes messed up. Uh, mine ain't set right anymore. It's been, it's been, it was 2015. It's been three years. I, I should be a normal person, and I can't even be normal in this time. And it hurts because every day I gotta sit here and live like that because of the fear of police officers. And they say every cop is supposed to be good. And then nowadays, now you see all these killings and everything else, and then you wonder why everything's happening now. Because not one person, not one black person needs to be stereotyped, not one white person needs to be stereotyped. But it's a race thing in this town, and it hurts, because I've never done nothing to these officers. Okay, um... Every time you make a police report for anything, what do they normally do and tell you? I've made over 37 police reports. They've came or they'll take both. They, they actually, honest truth is, is, they're not even far from anywhere. They're literally right up the street. They take a whole half hour for one crime. And they sit here and they make it seem like ain't nothing wrong, like I'm making it up or whatever when I give them the evidence. And then they sit there and they tell you, oh, this ain't a soap opera. You can stop uh, stop making the whole scene. And they jot your little story down on their little notepad and then they leave. And nothing gets done. Okay, so, um, one other thing. So, talk about the Mahoning, Ohio Police Department. What happened with that situation? Me and my fiance was driving up to Ohio to look at a truck. It would have been the first truck I was actually going to buy. And at this time, it was the middle of the day, still bright out. And on the way there, we get past the Mahoney officer. Had to be, he had to be a young officer, about 25, 26 tops. And he follows us all the way down to the truck. And he keeps going after we pull in. By the time we looking at the truck, knocking on the people's door and everything, he must have turned around downtown and came back up and went back to the same spot from there we left from the people's house about the truck 
on her way back home. On her way back home. They, this officer, again, waited till I got about 50 yards in front of him. The, come behind me again. And this time he flashed his light and pulled us over. He, uh, he asked for license registration, gave him all the information for the car and myself. He pulls out my, pull, uh, tells my fiance to get out the car so he could speak to her privately. And my window was down at the time and I hear him ask her, am I kidnapping her and the baby? It's my son. And then again, she tells him, no, there's no harm. And he lets her know that I'm the father. He asked her about her name as well as mine. He got all the information. And at the same time, he still arrested me without me reading my Miranda rights. Arrested me in front of my son. Saying that they they have to take me to jail until my hearing until my court date and they only pulled me over they pulled me over saying my license plate was dirty it was still daylight out and it was still visible my lights was even on regardless but it was visible and he said I was he goes well, the main reason I pulled you over, I was going to pull you over the last time I was following you, is because you, you was going six, uh, five to six miles over the speed limit. And it didn't make sense. Because if he, was, if he was going to pull me over, he should have pulled me over in the beginning if it was that serious. He waits till after on the way he pulls us over by a, a king's motel across the border and he uh, puts me in the back of the police car and he takes me to the police station and gets my fingerprints and all so what happened to your fiance they left her on the road they towed my car when they wasn't supposed to tow it they left her uh, on a dark road. By the time they left, uh, we all uh, they took me to the police station. It was already dark. They searched my car and everything. And you know, when they got me to the police station and wrote everything down, they took me from there straight to the jail. Still no Miranda rights. Uh, was in there for four days. They told me I couldn't talk to my fiance, that she couldn't talk to me. Um, and I, I would have, I was supposed to get out that night, never did. So she was notified of nothing, no court date, nothing? No, she wasn't notified at all. Uh, at the time, I was trying to get all my information uh, to her. I heard no, they wouldn't let me. They told me I was not allowed to talk to her at all. I had to sit there in that jail and ask my inmate if he would be.
nephew's girlfriend contact her for me so I know that she would be there at my hearing. Uh, by that Monday, they took me in for my hearing. And necessarily, the judge didn't even know why I was even incarcerated. And I had to explain to him that necessarily I shouldn't have been incarcerated, but I was incarcerated over a modified PFA that I should have never went to jail for. So the PFA, a modified PFA states that two people are allowed to be around each other as long as there's no abuse at all. Yes. It was signed by Judge Acker. He was going to have that on there for three years. Um, they, the judge, I pleaded guilty for my ticket because necessarily I, I just didn't want to go fighting about this stupid little ticket I could uh, that was going to get paid anyways. Was the judge surprised that you was an inmate in there? Yes, the judge was surprised. He actually, that's the whole reason he did, he asked why I was an inmate because he didn't even know why I was in jail. He knew about, there's no more than a ticket. That's the only thing he was on. I had to make sure that my fiance brought up the information of the modified PFA so I can go free. I've had to constantly explain about this modified PFA. Um, still, I never mentioned, mentioned either to the judge about not being read by Miranda White, being that I don't really have trouble in certain areas like uh, I don't I don't sit there and cause trouble I don't try to go to jail it's just not in me to be in jail but I still winded up there twice in my life for the for wrong reasons so after everything you've been through with the police departments what do you want out of this uh, all of uh, the main thing I want out of this is, is my rights, and as far as anything, these wrongful arrests and everything can go and get off my background. My God, I never sat here and, and done anything to these officers. I don't bother nobody. But it, like I said, it's it's this race game that I'm playing and got to fight with, and it's, it's just ongoing and it just don't stop. All the reports that you've made, have they done anything to help you at all? No. They either make up an excuse of, um, uh, of uh, it's black people always wanting something done, or they don't. They need more than just just the little evidence that we showed them, or or it's just they don't come around or they come when they want to and jot it down and just never gets nowhere. We uh, sit here every day trying dealing with this identity theft and sitting here trying to wonder about every time the 
second vehicle, or the first vehicle I had, it was getting vandalized. It's nothing was done about it. My license plate was stolen. My car was broke and there's scratches on the car. Didn't even know these same people was putting gadgets on my car that's dying us. Uh, they did the same thing to my truck. The only difference now is they didn't spray paint it. They're scratching my truck up. My next truck had no scratches in it. And the cops still won't do nothing. Even my lawyers sat there and tried to talk to them. And there's just nothing being done. And they saying wait till our trial. Or wait till court date. And these same people. Somehow or another. They, they'll sign themselves in the clinics. They'll sit there and they'll, they'll take off to another town. They sit here and they, they sit here and they rob grocery stores and still get away with it. And nothing's done. So... If it was you that was doing all this stuff and people was making police reports on you, what do you think the police would do to you? Oh, I would have either been A, shot, B, already handcuffed, beat up, or I would have just been straight in jail with a whole bunch of fans. And this is not right because they sit here and they stereotype us. And they make it seem like I'm a bad person when I never sat here and bothered with them. Honestly, I just want I just want justice to be served in the right people right way. I ain't nothing's being done for us. Has a detective ever reached out to you? No. Matter of fact, there has not been a detective to reach out. And the last detective I spoke to was a detective Matthews. And he didn't take my side. He took the other people's side. And still nothing. Thirty seven police reports thirty about 35 PFA violations against these people and nothing's being done. A vandalism. I lost my house because of these people. I still got to pay taxes on the house that's broke down. And it's going to cost about nine to $10,000 to get everything done. And right now, I don't even have that type of money to do that. And it's not about money. It's the fact that I lost the house. My house where I was raising my family at. Okay, so everything horrific that's done to you, they never did anything like get fingerprints, did they call these people, did they bring them into the station and question them? No, they never call, question anything. Even if they, they when they did call in front of us one time and they said they didn't do it. They left it alone. They wouldn't investigate it. They wouldn't call these people in. It took for us to sit here to, get, to pay our lawyer before we uh, they stole the rest of our money. They had to pay our lawyer to get everything together. Um, the investigations and all. They come to find out that we've, they've been to several lie detectors not passing out one of them. And the police still don't want to do nothing, even with all the evidence against them. And still, to this day, they're still doing things. Uh, even last night, they sat here and called with him to talk about putting new scratches on the truck, which I went outside this morning and took pictures, which there was new scratches. And they put a tracking device in my truck. 
did they not know that they did this was? And so, the police did absolutely nothing to be on your side or to show any further updates. Is you feel like it's with the rest of Newcastle how they treat other people, or do you think they just do it towards black people? Honestly, I've, I've never seen this. I'm necessarily from Pittsburgh, and normally when in Pittsburgh, I see everything at, at least some type of help somewhere down the line. Now, when it's these horrible, when these, it's these horrible, horrific tragedies and things that's happening, and I, I'm out here in Newcastle, I, I don't see the same thing that I've seen in my own town, my Pennsylvania. Is there any black judges, black secretaries, black anything? Lawyers, detectives, anything? Not that I've seen. As far as the crisis center, there may be a few black people. But as, as, far, as far as lawyers, judges, and all, no. And uh, I've been uh, denied several PFAs against these people. That would be Judge Acker, correct? Yes. Never, never had to worry every time I, I went into this courtroom, like I figured he would understand. I've taken evidence after evidence and told the stories and never lied to this judge. And even so, still nothing was done.
Okay, so the PFA was finally granted. Um, he said he didn't, you didn't have any enough evidence to approve the PFA. A PFA is a protection from abuse. So you was the victim of abuse. Um, what evidence did you bring in to the court? I brought in the text messages of the dope threatening that killed my family, killed my son, uh, vandalism on the car, and my house. Um, the evidence that I heard that if I was to do anything, they would they would hurt my family or they they sent people to my house before it was destroyed. They sent people to my house to, and attacked at my fiance twice when I was out. I had to go to the store and I would come back and have to take her to the hospital because then the police still didn't do nothing even when she explained it to them, described the person and nothing was done. They sat here, they chopped out these reports, but they won't do nothing. Even then they put my house under a, a disorderly conduct. Okay, now you made reports regarding to a PFA violation. Did the cops do anything? In order for a PFA violation, the person that's violating should be arrested. Did anything like that happen? No. They never arrested them. They never looked into it. They've never called about anything. The detective never even called. I've had several phones to where I, they will be able to call and let me know if any, if anything, if they got anything, and they never said nothing. They took their side and listened to their stories, and they was trying to arrest me. They sent me in the court and everything else about all this. Okay, so what today we discussed that Newcastle Police Department does nothing to help citizens of Newcastle to get anything done, um, mainly it's racism here in Newcastle. Newcastle is made up of what ethnicity? Um, is it more whites, more blacks, more Italians? Necessarily, it's more white than anything as far as a black community around here. Very little. Newcastle is about 10, 10 to 15 percent of black folks compared to other races. But still, we, we get stereotyped or we, we get badly talked to down here. Um, if, you, if you're to a point where you're upset about something, but you're trying to explain to them and they don't they sit there and they, they make it seem like you're you're just making this story up and then they 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 block you out. Okay, so the mayor of Newcastle, do you feel like he has done anything for your help or tried to help you? No, he actually or come to find out the same people that were been doing the identity theft, vandalism, uh, threats 
was the first one to try and get in contact with the mayor and everybody I on that big day went face to face with him. Um, but have you made any calls to the mayor to get try to get through and ask him what why is everything going on? Uh calls a couple a couple times actually. Um try to talk uh, call him uh, left a voicemail And the chief is of Newcastle, Bobby Salem. Yes, and still, nothing gets done. Every time I turn around, I've heard, I've heard all the smart remarks of black people always trying to get help for nothing, or, you know, they had the audacity even this year. Look, still call me a nigger, excuse my language, the A word. I mean, you're a citizen too. You pay your taxes as well, right? Yes, I do. I kept up with all my bills and all. I, I try to make sure my taxes is paid. I don't hide nothing. And I, I just got nothing else to show for it. No more. Like, it, it seems like living here is more dangerous than, some, uh, than a bum living on the street. Okay, so we discussed the mayor, the chief of Newcastle, which is Bobby Salem, the police department, the detective. Nobody wants to do their job properly in Newcastle. Um, we feel that they were racist, and something needs to be done, and justice needs to be served. We thank you for listening, and any last words? Uh, I just hope things get get right and this will stop at some some point in time in in this lifetime okay well thank you for listening have a nice night